Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. Yeah, the internet sucks. What are you going to do? The internet sucks. And that's why it's mad at you? Yeah. It's- no, it's bad at me because uh, I said something that I wasn't going to do. And Carl said, no, no, you have to do it. And I said, okay, but it's awful. He said, well, what is it? And I told him and it was terrible and awful. This week on Dueling Review, we review Star Trek The Next Generation Mirror Broken Number 1. The Star Trek miniseries Event of the Year kicks off right here. Captain John Luke Pickard will stop at nothing to get his hands on the Empire's newest warship, the ISS Enterprise. Be it lies, deception, or murder. With enemies and allies around every corner, Picard's quest to help the Enterprise and restore the Empire to glory will not be an easy one. Good thing he has a crew on board who will also stop at nothing to ensure total victory at any cost. We get to revisit the Mirror Mirror universe, Matthew. Right. It's the it's the world where uh, I don't have a goatee. <laughs> means and, you're, uh, yes, it means you're evil you're if you don't have the, a goatee. You're running the evil major spoilers. Well, here's the thing. The Mirror Mirror universe has been visited time and time and time again. I mean, we've seen it in, um, of course, the original series. The series, yeah. They did an episode in... Uh, Deep Space, two episodes, I think, in Deep Space Nine. Right. They did uh, an Enterprise Mirror episode. Mm-hmm. Actually, that was a two-parter, and it was one of the best. I don't recall if there was a Voyager two-parter. Yeah, I don't know if there was a Voyager two-parter, but this one, I guess because of the DS9 um, Mirror Mirror, I mean, this is set way early. This is like set be- before Farpoint Station kind of thing, right? Where uh, basically because of Spock's meddling with the mirror universe, mm-hmm. uh, essentially the Federation or whatever it's called, the uh, the uh, Imperial. Yeah, the Imperial something something has basically collapsed and the Klingons and the right. uh, Kardashians, Kardashians. Oh. not the Kardashians. Are you sure? That's the, I'm sure. Trust me. <laughs> One is cold blooded lizard creatures who will do anything. And the other are aliens. <laughs> So the Cardassians and the um, and the Klingons have, have teamed up and they've basically beaten the Empire back to Earth or basically the solar system, the edge of the solar system. They've taken most of the Alpha Quadrant and the Empire is in its dying days. Yeah. But there may be a hope. There's rumor going around <gasps> that the ISS has created a new ship, a galaxy class ship that galaxy can do just class. about anything, including having... Uh, better warped. I mean, basically, it will outclass anything the yeah. Klingons or the that, the Cardassians have in their that's, in their armory. 
That's the kind of ship that sounds like it could split into two ships in an emergency. I mean, that's the kind of ship that sounds like it could have special quantum photon torpedoes. That's the kind of ship that could, like, crash into a planet and just, like, smash into bits uh, six or seven seasons down the line. So the problem is Picard Mm -hmm. and his crew of uh, Deanna Troy, who is the Inquisitor, Data, right. who was rescued from a mining operation, a robot rescued from a mining appara- operation. Mm-hmm. Um, what's his face from Lieutenant uh, Barclay? Barclay is there. Yeah. Howling Mad Murdoch. Yeah. And I forget who else is on the Enterprise whose name pops out, but I don't think it's uh-huh. really much of anyone. There is a character on this Enterprise who is very clearly played by Abed from Community. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you look at page 10, you see the engage moment. Data in the foreground and on the other side, that is Abed. That is Danny Pudi. Oh, yeah, it it's, is. Yeah, that is freaking Danny Pudi. And I don't know if they did that on purpose Probably. or what, but it's wonderful. Probably. But uh, so Picard gets this idea because in the mirror universe, it's all about acquisitions and making money and being basically a pirate personal power. Yeah. You yeah. you you accrue power and you murder anybody who has more power than you. So they go and they track down Jordy LaForge, who's wearing some badass vibe specs. <laughs> and they convince him to tell him the, them the location of this ISS Enterprise and happens to be floating right above Mars. And so, presumably in the next episode, they're going to hatch a scheme to get up there and steal that ship and conquer yep. the universe and bring power back to yep. the Empire. One of the people that Jordy works for is um, Dexter Remick. Yeah. Ooh, is a jerk. Yeah. It's from season two of uh, Star Trek, the next degradation. Yeah. They do bring a lot of that stuff in, which is kind of cool. I mean, they've got the binars sure. running around. We the are binars. the binars. We yeah. are the binars. binars. Our songs are better. We are the binars. <laughs> we're binars. And we're going to get. No, wait, what's, that's them. what's really interesting. And one of the things that I like in this story is that essentially you can see that, that the ISS is, is basically, collapsed i mean the ship that picard's running is a is a junk vessel and it's one of those that is still out there protecting the frontier against zuer and the codan armada you go into the to the bridge and like view screens are cracked and broken and there's rust and dust and dents everywhere so you know that this is like oh poorly lit and gray and awful yeah so you know it's really a bad time for for the um the imperial senate or whatever that they are yep one thing, though, if mm-hmm. you're going to be in the Mirror Mirror universe, Matthew. Yes. You better have some massive guns. You got to be ripped. And I'm not. Yeah, I'm you not talking be, about guns on your ship. I'm talking about no, you better be able like to triple H, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Snap into a Slim Jim. If you've ever wanted to see Gene Luke Pickard uh, ripping ripping some massive uh, muscles, he's going yeah. to the gun show. Seriously. The sight of Patrick Stewart's head on Dave Batista's <laughs> Drax the Destroyer body may be the most disturbing thing in this issue filled with betrayals and murders and possible maimings. Yeah. And just terrible stuff because it is eerie just looking and seeing, you know, this Gene Luck Pickard head and then these yeah. massive biceps. Oh, and like everybody has them. I mean, even oh, yeah. even um, yeah. even Barkley has some biceps. Now, Deanna is ripped in that Linda 
from uh, Terminator 2 yeah. way. But she's also dressed like a, a goth whore at an Ishtar festival, which I think is interesting. Yeah. Before I mean, we, it's not. Before we get into the art, the overall mm-hmm. art. Yes. What did you think of the story of this? I actually think it's pretty clever. I think that the way this unfolds is both interesting, just as somebody who walks in the door and you're reading a comic book and going, okay, if I didn't, if I hadn't seen every episode of all seven seasons of Next Generation multiple times, if I wasn't Trek familiar, this story still unfolds in a way that makes sense. You have a collapsing mm-hmm. empire. You have a desperate guy trying to figure out. You have a plan. It's it's basically a setup to what could be could be a fight, could be an Ocean's Eleven heist. Mm-hmm. The characterization is strong. It's clear that the robot guy is a robot. It's clear that you know all of these people are jerks. Right. At one point, Picard. Uh, Shows up on Utopia Planitia. Mm-hmm. He he checks in with Starfleet. The guy's like, "Yeah, okay, you're stupid," and he's like, "Go to hell." Yeah, I mean, you get all the context you need to know about this terrible barbaric society, mm-hmm. and then tying into that is the fact that if you know these characters, it adds that ad- additional frisson, if you will, to say. Oh, look, this data seems to be using Borg implants and he Uh seems to be, you know, kind of at least amoral. Yeah. And Barkley is still Barkley, but he's an evil Barkley (laughs) with great big arms. He's a terrible, evil Barkley. Yeah. So I agree. I think the story in this is really interesting. I think that taking a look at the Mirror Mirror universe set in a probably the the, the lowest point of that universe's uh, empire is fascinating and to see what kind of plan and scheme they're going to bring together to steal uh, the enterprise and hopefully go out there, you know, and I, you're not supposed to root for these evil people, but hopefully go out there and just blast the Klingons and the, and the, uh, the other aliens to bits uh, is fascinating and makes for, I think an interesting and intriguing story for however many issues this is going six issues or, six or whatever probably. that it, that probably is. It's at it, least four based on this structure. Uh, I was going to look here. I can't remember. I'm, I'm going to bet it's six because typically with IDW, they will do six issues of yes. uh, this kind of thing. Six issues is your standard trade paperback these days. Now, let's mm-hmm. talk about the art. Now, this is a four ninety nine <laughs> book. And in the back, they give you a they give you or three ninety nine. They give you a script yeah. breakdown and then they show you the pencils and the color pages side by side. So you can tell that the artist actually did go in there and draw. Mm-hmm. I, I guess. But damn it, I hate this. I hate the art in this issue. <laughs> it is unnerving. It is, because it is like vomit-inducing. We've talked about photo reference many times on this show in the Major Spoilers podcast. And when you're drawing a book that is a licensed property featuring real actors and real human beings, you do have to go above and beyond. You have to make sure that David Duchovny looks like David Duchovny. You have to make sure that Rod Serling looks like Rod Serling. Or alternately, you have to not do any likeness at all. This issue suffers, I think, because the likeness is too much. I mean, when we there talk is about literally that, a page, if you go to page, what is it, 31 20, or 21, 21, 21, there is literally a page with uh, the top panel where everyone is just standing there. 
And you can tell this is a cutout of Barkley's head pasted sure. onto someone else's body. In fact, everybody's it, head yeah. there. I mean, maybe it's drawn, maybe it's not. But, I mean, it looks like a black and white photo was cut out and yep. stuck on there. Pasted on the face. Yeah, and some people might be go, well, then that's a, the credit to the artist for drawing something something so photorealistic. You think it's a cutout. Uh, no, it literally looks like a bad Photoshop job of heads cut yeah. out. This whole issue is bad Photoshop job of someone's head stuck on someone else's body, and it doesn't work. There is some real stiffness to the art, and I think a majority of that is trying to work with the reference. Because when you look at Jean-Luc Picard, the first time we see him, it is a perfect Patrick Stewart head. It is mm -hmm. a, a dead, solid, perfect Patrick Stewart face. But the Patrick Stewart face, even one from, you know, 30 years ago of a 55-year-old man, does not belong on the body that it's on. And the body, the language of the body doesn't necessarily fit the facial expression that we're seeing. Yeah. And you kind of add to it with uh, the ink. Or the paint. I don't know if it's painted. Well, it's it's you know it's colored that way. The inks would be the yeah. outlines. It's 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 basically colored to look like it's fully painted, mm -hmm. which in some cases actually accentuates the 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 line between here's a face that we drew to make sure that it looks like Marin Assertus circa 1987, and here's a body that we drew that we just drew. Right, and part of the problem, and I think the part of the problem is too that the images that they're referencing. The light from the the front of Deanna Troy's face is different from a side profile shot, like the lighting in the elevator, which shouldn't change, has totally mm -hmm. changed from uh, a side light to a light that is right above someone's head. And the shadows yeah. don't don't line up. And it, it just it looks really, really weird. And, I, and I'm sorry, the person who's listening to this who did the art, um, I just it doesn't look to me. It just doesn't look good. Now, some people may be totally into this. But it just doesn't work for me. J.K. Woodward handles the art. And I will say this, that the storytelling is strong. I mean, the panel-to-panel -panel storytelling, we have oh, a yeah, short the storytelling is battle sequence. The ships all look good. But, yeah, the issue with the heads mm -hmm. and the bodies are problematic. And yeah. I think that... Yeah, composition honestly, is fine. Composition is fine. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the painterly look in the comics. Uh, I'm, uh, everything is really dark gray here because of the state of the ship, but composition right. wise, panel layout wise, that all works. But I mean, look at the shot of them, uh, of, of data taking off his arms and say, here, just a second, let me change my arm appliance and look at Picard trying to look over his shoulder. It, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It is very awkward. And you know, it, the, the Picard looking over his shoulder is another example where it really looks like. A photograph yeah. with a filter then drawn or painted over. And we've all done that. I mean, I think that everybody at some point in their life has gone, you know, I'm going to draw and or photocopy something. Well, and I mean, and some <laughs> some people have done it quite well. Some people have made a very successful living off of it. I mean, go look at um, uh, what's his name with the porn stars and <laughs> Greg Land, Greg yeah. Land and Greg Land has has made a, a living off of that. And I know other people have done this, too. And I know we've discussed time and time again about likeness rights and what you can and can't do. And obviously with IDW, they have with CBS Productions, they have acquired likeness rights 
to be able to do these things. So I think the the intent is we want to make this look as realistic as possible, and we want people to believe that Picard is some badass with a beard and these muscles that go on for days. But it, it unfortunately, the end result just doesn't come off that way. And I, I would have rather have seen a semi-likeness with mm-hmm. the artist actually just drawing the, the faces of what he thinks Data's face looks like. And right. I would have been much happier with that. I don't think you would have seen me complain as much about, oh, these look nothing like the characters. Because if you look at the subscription variant covers, uh, the yeah. second one that has Deanna Troy, that's just like uh, an artist one um, by, let me look, it is by uh, George, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but spell it. C-A-L-T, I think it's Calsotis. That one looks really kind of cool, and I could have gone with that. Or even if you look at the fourth retailer incentive co- cover by Adam Rose uh, kind, I would have been okay with art that looks like that. I mean, it's not yep. photo reference, but you can tell that that's Picard and Data and Riker and, and Jordy with his badass glasses. Yep. And there are a couple of scenes, I know, on, on looking at page 19 specifically, where we see Deanna Troy uh, in the captain's chair And Mm -hmm. then we see two people in front of her at Mm -hmm. the other stations. There is a really visible difference between the amount of detail taken in. Here's a face based on Marina Sirtis. Right. And these other two characters. If everyone were drawn in the style of those other two characters, I feel like I'd be happier because they look like they fit into Mm. the art better. Yeah, it's it would still be gray and it would still have the, you know, kind of some some saturated color. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't necessarily. Well, you can. I mean, we are. But when it comes to a desaturated color, that feels like an artistic choice made specifically to convey something. Right. Whereas the issues with the faces really feels like a compromise to make sure that the likenesses are as close as possible. Yeah, I I think. We, we've we've talked about a this before. Years ago, I, when they I, did the uh, which one? The crossover, the Doctor Who Next Gen. Oh crossover yeah, 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 yeah. Had the same sort of issues in terms mm-hmm. of the the style and the interiors and the faces, and yeah, doubly so because it was two casts of people. Well, we've we've talked before about my total dislike for the what is it the photo, uh, photo ami uh, comics. <laughs> okay it's not photo ami it's not futanari it once again is fumetti that's what it from is the, from the italian fumet which means um get me a cigarette i believe you, you know i don't like those the fumetti fumetti uh stuffs fumetti and, comics can be very difficult to do well and this feels like feels like that um my dislike for the art in this book is the same as it is for the fumetti stuff yeah. And I can definitely see that. I mean, especially when it when it comes to like a fumetti that's put together of pictures that are taken, mm-hmm. you do lack some of the continuity, some of the the fluidity, the linearity for lack of a better word, from image to image to image. You lose that feeling of motion. And I mean, I think in a lot of ways you're a movie guy. Mm-hmm. You like movies. You like your Indiana Jones to jump and punch and not, you know, have a kid. But yeah, I can definitely see. And this art is emblematic, I think, of that kind of approach because there are sequences where, you know, they're in Picard's lounge mm-hmm. and Data is standing, and then they cut and they do Picard's this really trying cool to drink shot. Something. 
and then they kind of zoom and then they kind of zoom. And as we get closer, the Patrick Stewart faces get more Patrick Stewarty. Yeah. And it really does draw your eye away from whether anything else in that scene is cool. Now, I didn't see if he has his evil fighting fish. Does he have an evil fighting fish? And he, ooh, he has something. What do you ooh, mean an something. evil fighting fish? Jean-Luc Picard has a fighting fish in his quarters hmm. throughout Next Generation. Oh, he yeah, has, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. There's something behind him that seems to have like a snake or an evil lizard in it. Hmm, okay. Be interesting. Yeah, so here's the thing. If you can see past what I consider problematic art, mm-hmm. this is a really interesting story. And, and I, can, I can recommend it on that front. But I, I can't recommend this as, you know, an, an artistic masterpiece. And I can't recommend this as, um, as a complete whole. I just can't recommend this. It's just, it just doesn't work for me. Now, I know a lot of Star Trek fans won't care. And they'll mm-hmm. want to just jump right in and start reading this. And that's okay because I remember the, the gold key comics didn't look a whole lot like Spock and, and uh, the rest of the crew. Very true. Very true. But um, this one I think is probably more problematic than the old gold key stuff. So I, I'm going to give it a pass, but I, I, it's got a, it's got a, it's got a great story. I think in it, I'm going to give it a check it out because it is something where, as you go through it, you may be aware of a shortcoming. You may be aware of things that are jarring in the art. But I think that the story is strong enough to carry you past it. And even the weird parts still feel like they're of a piece. And they fit in a next-gen sort of setting and tone, which is hard to do. Right. Ne- next Generation takes a lot of crap, especially in the modern day, because so much of early Next Generation was defined as not being Kirk. Mm -hmm. And it isn't until like season three that the show gets legs underneath it and has something to say other than we're totally not Kirk, you guys. And once that happens, you have a really consistent feel. And even in this awkward alternate universe, they have a consistency of tone that really works for me. So I would say definitely check it out in a worst case scenario that uh, George Calcinutis cover cover is beautiful. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I, you know, the covers are great. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's going to look good. Um, so yeah, uh, there you go. That that's the recommendation. Just Coming pretend out. it's Odo. It's Odo pretending <laughs> to be <laughs> to be everybody to be everybody. <laughs> that's the that's the big surprise reveal at the end. Is the ISS was uh, uh, or the Actually. Empire was uh, replaced by all Odos all the time. Yep, the shapeshifters, man. Yeah. Coming out next week from Dark Horse Comics, we have Black Hammer number nine, Buffy the Vampire Slayer season 11 number seven, Department H number 14, and Mass Effect Discovery number one. Over at DC Comics, Action Comics hits 980, Batgirl arrives at number 11, Batman Beyond hits number eight, and Batman and the Shadow meet once again in issue number two. Detective Comics goes to issue 957 with Hellblazer at number 10 and Justice League of America number 7. And if you're in for some lighter fare, there's Looney Tunes, 237. Uh, but uh, probably don't want to read it right before Mother Panic number 7. Sure you do. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you just push them back together, they'll be fine. IDW Publishing has Ghostbusters 101 number 3, Highlander American Dream number 4, Mickey Mouse number 20, Powerpuff Girls Time Tie, 
number one. It's a three-issue arc. Saucer State, number one. Star Trek Boldly Go, number eight. Uh, TMNT Universe, number 10. And Weird Love, number 18. Image Comics has Beauty, number 15. Deadly Class, number 28. East of West, number 33. Uh, Moonshine, that uh, book we uh, read the first issue of a while ago, gets a trade mm-hmm. paperback release. Wow. Plastic number two of five arrives, and there are a couple of Spawn variant covers that you can get with that because we're not quite into June, but uh, I thought June was Spawn month. But uh, for the 25th anniversary of Spawn, we're getting Spawn covers all over the place. 7-2 Eternity number six, Sun Bakery number three, and Under Winter number three all arrive from Image Comics next week. Marvel has the all-new Guardians number two, all-new Wolverine number 19, uh, Elektra number four, Guardians of the Galaxy Mother Entropy number four of five. I Am Groot number one. And Star-Lord Annual number one. Just some of the books coming out next week from Marvel Comics. I don't know if you caught uh, the Archie Comics number 20 this week, but man, there was a big pile up on the highway between Archie, Reggie, and Betty. And uh, one of those three is going to die. Now, in the teaser image that uh, Archie Comics sent out today, Mm -hmm. they did say that Archie was safe. So that means so, either Betty or Reggie, something horrible is going to happen that, according to Mark Wade, is not an alternate timeline. It's not w- some wish fulfillment. It's something that's going to happen, and it's going to stick, and it's going to affect Riverdale forever. Wow. You think they would kill Betty? Well, that would be the weird one, uh, because I think you would have a lot of people upset over the death of Betty, because it's always that question of Betty or Veronica, right? Right. Basically, you just you'd be able to remove that love Mm -hmm. triangle at the center of the story, which which is interesting would change Archie forever. It would. But the interesting thing is, especially in in Wade's first run of Archie in that first arc, it was all about that incident with the kiss. And maybe that, you know, maybe that will play out as as if Betty were to die. Uh, But, you know, Archie's been with Veronica basically since the beginning of, of Wade's run on that. So maybe having Betty step away would be okay, but I really going to put my money on, on Reggie. Yeah. Reggie dying would be, it would be one of those moments that is shocking, but not destroying the entire universe. Shocking. Yeah. That's, that's the thing that I'm thinking of is (laughs) one is one is you're destroying what makes Archie interesting. And the other one is you're just getting rid of an annoying character. Well, I don't know about destroying what makes Archie interesting, but definitely removing a major pillar, especially of the general cultural expectation of mm-hmm. Archie. Yeah. So speaking of Archie, Archie's The One Shot arrives next week. Uh, hey, Assassin's Creed Uprising number four. Brave gets People a graphic novel. You get a Corpse Party Blood Covered Graphic Novel Volume 5. Do I? Yes, you do. Oh, all right. It's only $20. Are you threatening me? You also get the Kitty, the Hollywood or bust a number one. I'm sorry. That's die Kitty, die Hollywood or bust or the <laughs> Kitty D. I don't know. You are bad at German. <laughs> no, I'm actually. Ich habe nicht Schreibmaschinen. Doc Savage Ring of Fire number three arrives from Dynamite Entertainment. Grimm's Fairy Tales Red Agent Human Order number seven and Wonderland Birth of Madness uh, arrive next week madness then rounding out the uh, the books uh, coming out next week we have high school life of fundashi graphic novel number one 
Jungle mm. Fantasy Survivors. Holy crap, Matthew. You want to take jungle a fantasy. guess? How jungle many covers fantasy. we have on this? Let's see. Well, we got we got your regular cover. We got your nude cover. We got your sultry nude. You got your nude sultry. You got your regular sultry nude. You got your Raymond J. Johnson Jr., but you can call me Ray, or you can call me Jay. I don't know, Stephen. I'm gonna I'm gonna say nine. Close. Sixteen different covers. Jumping fish hooks. How many pages are in the book? I don't know, but it is a five ninety nine book if you're just getting the risque cover, like the Bikini so it's, Babes cover. It's, it's is a five ninety nine book with sixteen covers. And well, you wish. Uh, if you want to get some of these nude covers, those are seven ninety nine. Yowza! Yeah. Who's doing the art? I don't know because I. Oh, I love not. his work. Yeah. Kiss number eight, miraculous number twelve, Pathfinder Rune Scars number one, Science Comics Flying Machines hardcover, Soulfire number wait, wait, three. Wait. What was the name of that comic? Science Comics Science! Flying Machines. That's right. And, of course, you can also be on the lookout for Warhammer 40K Revelations number three of four, the penultimate issue. Penultimate issue. Of course, you can head over to Majorspoilers.com. You can check out all of the uh, upcoming releases. And, of course, you want to check with your LCS to make sure they have in the book that you're hoping to get. local comic shop for those of you who aren't savvy to the acronym. Next week on Dueling Review... James Bond service special art by Antonio Fuso, written by Kieran Gillen in contemporary politics, where Britain's world standing is often more zero than 007. An assassin plans to exterminate the special relationship, leading Britain and the United States to a very dark place, especially when he does so by aiming down the sights of an ancient Enfield rifle. It'll test Bond's deadly talents to their limits in order to defeat the assassin and avert certain geopolitical disaster. Man, I can't talk. <laughs> you can show your support for this show and everything we do at Major Spoilers by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash majorspoilers. Your contribution allows us to keep this show going, pay for our growing costs, and gives us the motivation to produce more content for you each and every week. Plus, when you head to patreon.com slash majorspoilers and you sign up, depending on your funding level, you'll have access to membership cards, original art, t-shirts, and a whole lot more. Thanks so much for checking out Dueling Review, and we will talk with you next time when you will hear Matthew say, Good heavens, Miss Sakamoto, you're beautiful! This podcast is copyright 2017 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.